Joanna, do you ever wish you could definitively prove that you had the right opinions about movies? Uh, yeah, Neil, because I do have the right opinions about movies and television. Right, Dave? No, because I'm more right about those things, and I demand trial by content. Oh boy, what is trial by content? Each week, we'll take on a huge question. Each of us will bring a choice, and combined with listener submissions and your votes, we will come to a decision. It's trial by content every Tuesday on Spotify, TheRinger.com, or wherever you're listening right now. Don't let Neil win. Don't let Dave win. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry ice tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea. What's up, everybody? This is another installment of The Pod Has Spoken. I am one of your hosts, Tyson Apostle, four-time Survivor contestant, all-around cool dude. And I am here with my co-host. I still don't know if the ringer is forcing him to be here or if he does this by choice. Riley McAtee. What's up, Riley? How you been? Hey, I'm good. I think I do this by choice. I like You think here. you do? Okay. Oh, no, I like I that do. you're I here. Do. Okay, I could good. choose not to, and I choose to be here because I enjoy spending time with you, Tyson. This is great. Uh, I love it too, Riley. One of the highlights of my week. And I have a very special guest for you, Riley, as a Survivor super fan. Winner of Survivor Africa, loser of Survivor Winners at War, Ethan Zahn. Ethan, what's up, dude? What's up? I am also the loser of Survivor All-Stars. You forgot about that one. I No, I did not forget. I just thought that too many losses piled on at the beginning would probably be detrimental to your ego. And Thank we got to have you at an all-time high for this podcast. I understand. Well, I am so happy to be here. I'm a huge fan of The Pod Has Spoken. I've listened to every episode, and I'm just honored to be actually on one of the episodes. So let's rock and roll. Thank you, Ethan. Uh, Riley, in, in and as a super fan, anything you want to say to Ethan, like, I love you or anything, you can say whatever you want before yeah, we get really going. this is really exciting. No, this is great. Uh, yeah, it's great. Ethan, it's great to have you on. And I love that we have somebody who is, he's wearing the shirt, the old school Survivor shirt. Tyson, you're sort of like middle school, you're kind of in between, but Ethan, true old schooler. And so we get a little perspective on how the game has changed. Thank you. Thank you. Although I kind of grandfathered Tyson into the old school family. Yeah. I think he, he borders the, you know, the line of when it crossed over to old school, middle school, new school, and now whatever this is called school is. And Ethan and I are around the same age. So I think that also plays a factor into like where the line is drawn. Like I'm middle-ish, but then I'm the same age as all the old schoolers. Cause I got my survivor introduction a little later in life. So, uh, anyways, 
this episode, episode three, season 42 of Survivor, so many seasons, was crazy. And I was talking to Riley before we hit record here. You know it is going to be a crazy episode when try, you're into tribal council, you hit pause and see that not even half the episode has gone by yet. You know that you're in for something special. And uh, we start off on the Taku tribe. And Ethan? Yes. Thoughts on the season? Who is your favorite contestant or personality so far? And why is it Marianne? Ooh, interesting. I'm going to bypass the Marianne and up you <laughs> a Mike and a Chanel for some strange reason. I, I had them early on. And uh, what I find, and I'm going to get this off my chest now, uh-huh. what I find really interesting about this season, more so than any season I've seen before, is that the mindset of the players coming into the game, I feel are, or some of them are heavily focused on their perceived notion of what the viewers are going to look at them and feel about them and say about them as they're watching like when they're home. You know, Marianne, I think in a couple episode, she actually did a full on standup. She's like, Hey, I'm Marianne and I'm on survivor CBS. And then I think hi did like hashtag hi. And you know, what's going to happen on Instagram. And that mindset is just a, a little bit of a different way to play the game in my mind to kind of, I just assume that people are watching you and looking at you and some of the actions you're making are for the audience back home versus for yourself inside the game. How do you feel about that? How do you, do you feel agree? about that? What you're asking me the questions now here. Do you I'm like sorry. that? No, well, I'm just, just saying, like a statement coming from you just listen, noticed it. I noticed it. I'm an old school guy, like going into yeah. the game. I really never thought about kind of, what it's going to look like back home. And if I can coin a hashtag or if I'm going to get a stand-up commentating job after, I just think it's a different mindset going to the game or like what's going to look like on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I mean, I think that it has to be, you look at, uh, you know, like I don't want to point fingers at myself, but I've launched a pretty successful like post game career off of my being on Survivor. You have too. You've done your t-shirt sales. You've done the crunch bowl. You've done all of these things. And I think as future contestants are lining up to get on the show, they're also seeing potential for themselves after their time on the show. And if you can launch that or at least get a little jump start on it by actually having it appear on an episode of the show, that is even stronger. So I think that there, those are probably, you know, some small businessy decisions by those contestants. I don't know if I love it, but, uh, and I know that in the past when you would do that survivor, a lot of times just edited that out when you're like, follow me on Twitter. Like they weren't ever going to show that. So, uh, anyways, we go to Taku tribe right off the bat. Uh, we have, uh, some of our favorites there and, uh, we say goodbye to Mariah last episode. And Marianne pretty much comes back. She tells everybody she has an extra vote, which already is kind of like, you know, okay, on some people's radar. Then they go looking for an idol, which Marianne also finds and then proceeds to share with everybody. Would you say optimal play there? I don't understand how a lot of these contestants have the the inability to keep a secret. The information transfer Mm -hmm. is like rocket speed. Um, My choice in those decisions would just be hold it for a little bit longer, a day, maybe two days, see how it shakes out, see what advantages this could get me. Would it hurt my game, help my game? But it's like instant. 
And then you even saw it unfold a little bit later in this episode where it was like a group hunt for an idol um, as a you know tribal community doing this together, which is interesting, but I guess fair. And you know, you know when we're out there, if you go looking for an idol, all targets are on you at that moment. Right. So yeah, the group thing, like sometimes you can't help but be it, but information travels faster than the speed of sound on the Survivor Island, which is I it shouldn't happen. That should be impossible, but for some reason it does. And uh the one take I got from visiting uh Taku that really, really kind of, you know, I caught was that Marianne has seen every episode of Survivor except for six episodes of Token Chains. What is that? Is she shooting shots at me? Yeah. Riley. How many episodes I were you so. out on Token Teens for? Maybe that's what I'm trying maybe to fathom. Once you like got she's voted out, she was like, oh, I'm done with this season. <laughs> I it was around then, but I think maybe the combination of were, Coach and I I think there were less than six. I feel like you got voted out later than that, right? I got, yeah, like I, I think there was only like three or four episodes left. Uh, so she would probably had her fill of Tyson. Uh, anyways, you know, that hurt my feelings a little bit. Uh, maybe there's a way we can just like blank out Marianne's name on all of former and future (laughs) podcasts here. Uh, just as, you know. Well, maybe message. you should only watch six episodes of this season. Just to <laughs> okay. Back. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of things we can do. And uh, we'll talk to uh, the powers that be and see what they uh, want us to do there. Uh, so Tyson, you got voted out in episode 10 and that was a 14 episode season. So mm-hmm. she hasn't made it to your boot yet for some reason. She, for all mm-hmm. she could, maybe she thinks I win that thing. <laughs> yeah. She thinks yeah. I'm a two time winner. <laughs> it's possible. Well, I like, that's not I like bad. this angle. I like this yeah. angle. Okay. So Marianne thinks I'm a two-time winner of Survivor, which is only going to make her respect me more. Okay, Marianne, we're back on the Marianne train over here. Uh, well, I she, mean, let's talk a little bit about Marianne. Like, how are you feeling her, you know, extra energy around camp is affecting the other players? Do you think it's subsided a little bit? Do you still think that they're thinking about it? Oh, no, it's definitely grading. Like yeah. that extra energy all the time. You're always constantly like, you are waking up to that and it's immediately that, and you know how well we sleep on the Island. Like that's no, that's a no go for me. Uh, I love watching it on TV. I love her enthusiasm as a person. If I were trapped on an Island with her and that enthusiasm and that enthusiasm was never wavering, uh, it would get old very quickly. Have either of you played with anyone like Marianne? Mm. No, I mean, I haven't either. Like, I think they found a new character. I think she's a one of one, right? Yeah. 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 One of one. I mean, there were times. Yeah. Times that Tyson's energy was actually so low. I thought he was dead. You know, there were times (laughs) where that was happening. So like, I feel like Tyson's energy and my energy are pretty much at zero. So like, this is new for me to even see. Yeah. On the edge of extinction, I tested Ethan's heart rate and it was at 19 at one point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's because we just got you know felt food in my store yeah we had just gotten coconuts yeah. so uh yeah so marianne she's spilling the beans on everything she's still high energy we love that and uh we then take a quick trip to vati where we learn that daniel loses everything he's lost his shoes he's lost his game stuff and uh that's a great foreshadowing for this next sequence of events, which I love. 
I, I mean, there's so much in this episode, and I love this moment where Daniel, Daniel convinces Mike that he needs to look at the idol, the idol clues, read through everything. Mike's like, against my better judgment, I finally did that. Daniel walks away with it. He's a lawyer. He reads the fine print. He figures out that even if he gets rid of, which we learned last episode, he wanted to get rid of all the idols so that they weren't out there, which is a great strategy. It's pretty sound. Like if there's no idols to deal with, it makes the game more straightforward for yourself. Uh, But he learns that the idol will still come back in play even if Mike is voted out. So it essentially saves Mike from being Daniel's target. But then when Daniel comes back to Mike to give everything back, the idol is not in the package. And neither is the congratulatory clue that you found something. And Mike is like, the idol's not there and neither is this clue. And Daniel doesn't even remember if that stuff was present or not, which is crazy to me. I'm thinking Daniel stole it or he hit it. He got rid of it. This was part of his play all the time. And he, man, is this like, why is he like this, Ethan? I mean, if he had had done that as a part of his strategy, I think that would have been brilliant what you just said, but he sure. didn't. But I think it comes back to what he reveals to the camera a little later is that he is so consumed with his paranoia and anxiety within the game that he, it looks like he has a tough time remembering things. You know, he shoved that clue in his crotch. Like, that's something you don't really forget. You know, something, you know, floating around down there. He lost the little idol that goes with the clue. Um, so. I don't know. Maybe that's where it's coming from. Yeah. And he comes back, they find it. But like, for me, if I'm Mike, I'm like, I'm not trusting Daniel with anything ever again. And didn't like Mike lose point. the clue the previous episode? He like buried it in the wrong spot. Yeah. So he's actually yeah. looking for that. And then this kid actually and, lost it And again. then he couldn't remember the phrase and he was like, oh no, now we're screwed. And like, I love this, this misplacement so, of stuff. I think this is a cryptic message from Jeff Probst talking mm-hmm. to me about Mike's saying I mean, let's talk about there is such grace in the game of soccer. It makes me cry. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's probe saying, Ethan, I want you back again. Yeah. Season four, again, season Ethan. 50. Yep. Season 50. Right. Ethan. So I love that soccer was brought into the sport of survivor. Uh, I think it's ironic that obviously Mike is a football coach and he had a little negative things to say about the yeah, sport of soccer, the beautiful game. He makes him it, want to puke. Is that what he said? I think he said that. So, yeah. That's a lot of hatred for just a sport. I know. But, you know, know, people are passionate. Uh, So will you take great pleasure in him when he has to say that? Just be like, got you. Yes, definitely. Hopefully he has to say a few times. Yeah, record it and then just keep posting it on your Twitter account uh, (laughs) and tagging him in it. Uh, So, yeah, so Daniel, they do end up finding everything. It ends up being okay, but it's weird. Like, to lose that something that important on Survivor, to me, just does not make sense. Riley, if you're finding an uh, an immunity idol, uh, how tightly are you keeping track of that thing? Dude, how how is this guy a lawyer? This is my question. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's definitely not now, because this was filmed months ago. He's come back. People have watched this, and they are like, He's lost all my paperwork. Can you imagine if you had a legal case and you're a Survivor fan, you're going into the lawyer and, and Daniel walks into the room. He's like, I'll be handling this case. Be like, oh God. <laughs> As your representation. Yeah. 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 You're like, let's do that lawyer switch thing. Is that an option where you switch yeah, with like, the I'm a, I'm a opposition? Different, <laughs> different yeah. legal counsel Man. on this one. Yeah. Uh, it's 
it was baffling to me. Like the idol is the one thing you always have to keep track of. The fact that Mike gave him the idol with the entire package was kind of funky to begin with. Like why yeah. didn't Mike just take the idol? But then the fact that it didn't get returned and it got misplaced was nutso. So uh, could have Mike run, could have um, Daniel run off with that idol and clue and not giving it back. And now it's all of a sudden his. I mean, I think he could have destroyed it or it. misplaced it and done that. It's a gray area there. Uh, I know that if you find an idol, it is yours and no one can steal mm. it from you. But Mike did hand it to him, yeah. which if you're giving something to somebody, even if you are stating it being temporary, that doesn't always constitute like a real legally binding agreement. And then on top of that, like if you were to hide an idol out in the wild and somebody just bumped into it, that's also an area. We haven't seen that yet, I don't think, but I think that you would, as the new finder of the idol, be able to keep that. That's yeah. would be my understanding. How would they I mean, police that otherwise? Yeah. I mean, other than my dignity and self-respect, I've never lost anything on Survivor. Yeah. So you know, exactly. a physical on, on Daniel's CBS biography, he listed his favorite hobbies as movie fanatic, Lego, and keeping track of things, <laughs> and then Survivor. Honest? That is funny. No, yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> but I mean, if you're that bad at keeping track of things, it does have it's to a, be a, a, a it's a hobby. challenge yeah, full, for him. Yeah, full time job. Like, uh, it provides him with fulfillment when he actually knows where his stuff is. <laughs> yeah, it's man. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. So we get through that and now we go to the challenge. And uh, Riley, I remember you saying like, okay, they're going to have a reward challenge and an immunity challenge because how, of how much time is left in the episode. We don't even get to go to Ika tribe, which is crazy that we didn't visit all three tribes. And Ethan, it's because this tribal <laughs> is lit. It when is. we go to the challenge, Marianne says her bunny rabbit story, which is not a story at all. And nobody blinks because it's Marianne, which is like kind of perfect for her. Yeah. Like nobody even, there's not even a question. It's just like Marianne being Marianne. And uh, uh, Mike intelligently doesn't say the line. I that think that's the way to go. Move. Yeah. Are we going to see Marianne continually repeating the line or is she going to be intelligent enough to now know that people have heard it and she doesn't need to say it again until it, something else is said to her? I feel she's not aware to make that decision. I feel like, uh, and then to say something so random so many times may bring attention to it. So I, I think she will probably say it again. Uh, but I think Mike, one of the bigger moves, smarter moves on his game was not to say that that was really smart, but other people on his tribe know he has that clue anyway. Correct. Right. Correct. Yeah. So it's like, it's going to get around anyways. It is. Uh, so how would you have used that? saying in a sentence, Tyson, because you are a very creative and witty guy. 
and you think very quickly on your feet. So if yeah, you Riley, had to put that rabbit in a sentence, what would you say? Riley, what's the entire saying? So it's, uh, it's another classic case of the bunny rabbit having dinner in the mailbox. Oh. Which I guess you would do some kind of like... I would just say it like in an analogy. Like all I'd be like is like, oh, that's another classic case of the bunny having uh, dinner in the mailbox. Like it's a thing that people say. It's been a mess back at camp. It's another classic case of the bunny rabbit having dinner (laughs) in a mailbox. Yeah. Good, good, good. All right. I think it's more confidence is the key when delivering these sayings on Survivor is that you have to believe that they are actually a saying and then it convinces everyone else that even if they don't understand exactly what you're saying, it has a background to it. Uh, so, yeah, so Mike waits to say the line, I like that, I think that's wise, but also his entire tribe knows he has it, which once they come to anything else, everyone's gonna know. We saw that play out on 41. Uh, and like we said, information on Survivor these days, on New School Survivor, travels faster than the speed of sound. You'd think it's impossible, but it's somehow it, it is. But everyone uh, on Marianne's tribe knows that she has this wacky saying. So if Mike came out to say his wacky saying, they might make the connection there. Yeah, definitely everybody who knows about the sayings would. Yeah. Uh, and probably everyone on Mike's tribe knows that Marianne has said that and also connected the dots there, I assume, because they all read Mike's uh, clue anyways. True. Uh, we get to the challenge. We're in that. And it's an ocean challenge, but this ocean is rough. And I love it. Like, I'm like this, for me, the first thing I thought when uh, they showed how rough the ocean was and the immediate jump in, I was like, this is real. This is one of those moments that Survivor has chosen to show the audience how real it actually is. Yeah. I mean, I remember just on the first challenge of Winners at War, the ocean was pretty, not crazy waves like that by any means, but it was pretty rough. And obviously I faced off against you, Tyson, first a college division one swimmer. And, uh, we made, you made it there a little bit for me. And I remember just like mounting you like a giant flagpole, just like holding onto you. And you just literally walked through the water with me, like clasping onto like a koala bear with this ring, but that the ocean is, as we all know, oceans, it's strong swimming against that current is no joke. And then you're, you're obviously your adrenaline is going and you got no food inside of you and you kind of bonk pretty easily. So I can imagine that was a very challenging challenge. Yeah. I think as I was watching it, I was like, I'm a great swimmer. I'm still pretty good at swimming better than, you know, I'm like a top 99 percentile. Of course. No problem with the swimming for me easily through the water. One of the quickest easily untied the knots, one of the quickest, but we see Jonathan do all of that. (laughs) Then he lifts this heavy ladder carrying it by himself, a ladder that is designed to only be able to be maneuvered by multiple people. Right. He's got it by himself, carrying it through the water. Then he sets it down and goes and starts collecting his tribe who is being pulled away from shore by the current. He's always having two people like on his shoulders, like like I do with my kids at home, my six-year-old and my three-year-old. <laughs> I put them on either arm and I'm running through the water. He's doing this with full adults. And he gets everybody out. Then he gets to the ladder. And I've done challenges like this before where you have to hold a ladder in place while someone climbs it. It takes two or three people to stabilize from a few different angles. Jonathan holds it by himself while everybody else is just stabilizing themselves in the water (laughs) on the ladder that he's holding. And then he has someone climb up, 
retrieve the keys and jump. And at this point, I'm like, okay, you know, I I mocked Jonathan for his pull up thing that he had uh, the first episode and like world champion pull ups with a hundred pounds strapped to his back or whatever the deal was. And at this point, I'm like, okay, this guy's earned my respect. And uh, he's not even done yet. He gets everybody from his tribe out, fully out of the water. He's like dragging them with the ladder out. And then he does the beanbags all by himself, pretty much like bop, 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 bop. Yes. Looked like five for five from here. Who knows yeah. if he really missed some. And uh, before Jeff even said it, as I watched that, I was like, that is the most dominant individual performance in a group challenge that we have ever seen as viewers on Survivor. Can you think of another one, Ethan, that even rivaled that? I can't. Not only that, it was a difficult challenge. It was, it was a difficult challenge in terms of the environment in which it was happening with the waves and the wind and all that stuff. So not only was it a difficult challenge, you throw in the environment in that, he single-handedly, I mean, he, did, he was the entire challenge. It was very impressive. I mean, Jeff, even in the middle of it, you hear him commentating and he's like, he's picking up a ladder designed for one, you know, designed for the whole tribe. Like he's like this letter, Jeff was shocked at this guy's yeah. performance, which is obviously tells you how, how difficult this really was. Right. That's it. No, that's exactly right. And as we move forward, there's even more testament to that in that the other two tribes can't even stand their ladders up to retrieve the key to another thing we have not seen in Survivor history. Jeff has to stop the challenge, bring the other two tribes ashore, reset them, and then start from there. Have you, uh, like, I know there's a lot of behind the scenes thing. I have a thing from Token Chains where uh, there were, it was like a multi-part challenge, but on the last leg of it, our contraption got jammed and they just let it play out. We couldn't do anything, but they didn't show it on TV because it wouldn't have looked cool at all. So they just made the end point of the challenge earlier on in editing. And so there's pictures of this challenge that exist of my tribe trying to pull something across the field, but you never see any of that on TV. So I was thinking that was the closest moment I ever had to anything like this happening. Have you, can you remember a time in your career as a Survivor contestant that something like that happened? I've never seen Jeff call a challenge for like the danger involved with it, like the threat that these people may really get hurt. I've seen him call challenges for injuries, of course, yeah. for equipment breaking that happened in yep. all-star when the puzzle pieces fell apart, they had to call in, you know, the, the, the challenge people to nail it back together. But other than that, never has he ever done this, something like this. We were playing ladder ball on blood versus water in one challenge. I was the thrower. The opponent on the other side was Tina Wesson. She wasn't no. tall enough to even clear the balls from the ground as she swung and she couldn't throw them far enough. So they stopped the challenge midway and moved the ladder ball boards closer to us to give her a fighting chance, which I was opposed to. And I actually said like, hey, you know what? Let's just leave them where they're at. And uh, Jeff in uh, pretty aggressive terms told me to stay in my lane. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> How did you respond to that? Uh, I just, it was quiet from there. I just, boop. Shut my Who mouth. won that challenge? I did still. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't really matter, but it was no. like, 
she, yeah, she couldn't throw a ball, two balls connected by a string that far. And I was just like, I have all day to do this if she can't even like hit the target. And then they right. stopped and moved it closer. Um, and I mean, the so, they do a really good job letting the contestants get as close to danger as possible, making it as difficult as possible, whether, you know, that's heights or weight or, you know, you're fainting or dehydration. So, you know, it has to be that much bad, that horrible. If Jeff's actually calling the challenge. Yeah. They were exhausted. You could, I think you, the, the point when he decided it was time to call it was when you realized it was only going to get worse. Those people were exhausted. They weren't going to find the strength to hoist that ladder. And one guy's and, head got caught between the rungs at one point yeah, like that. You know, yeah. Be scary. Yeah, it could be. So, uh, I think they were, if they would have let it go on, there would have had to been some type of rescue mission by the staff. So didn't come to that. He brings them out. Gotta be a deep sense of shame in realizing you get beat by a single man right. on on the one try. And uh, it pretty much comes down to now the beanbag toss. Yeah. So they even up both tribes. They give them the keys to the beanbags. They get the beanbags and they're going. Lost by a point, Vatu goes to tribal council. Riley, did I miss anything from the challenge that uh, really stood out to you? No, I think that's about it. Because then they make this... The, the Taku tribe has to make a couple of interesting choices after the challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and tell us what they are. So they have to pick somebody from the losing tribe, which is Vati, to go on a journey of some kind. And I think that word has sort of gotten out about what this journey might entail, at least to like a number of the contestants have a, have a pretty good idea of what uh, it's going to be. And after they make that decision, then they also have to pick somebody either from their tribe or from the other tribe, Ika, uh, to also go on the journey, which is, so they that, did this last season too. Yeah. 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 So at that point, I don't, didn't, did Taku pick both people or they chose Chanel and then that tribe got to choose from the other tribe who to go with? No, Taku picks both. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Taku chose one from each tribe then, right? Well, they, they chose one, the they one chose from Chanel. The, from, yeah, because uh, so, they had to pick from Vati because that's the okay. losing tribe, and then they had the option to pick any other person from either their tribe or Ika, the second place tribe. Okay, and they, and they chose... of course want to send one of their own. I think that that's Correct. like the obvious decision, which was Omar. Because, yeah, which was Omar. Okay, and they couldn't. That makes sense. The other the other thing is that I think Jeff said that they couldn't pick somebody who had already gone on one of these journeys. Right. Okay, so we have two new people going. Uh, Chanel and Omar, and mm -hmm. that is, you know, that is strategic. Uh, bummer for Chanel, though, to leave while the scheming leading up to tribal council yeah. is ramping up to, you know, maximum peak. And man, that's this, a tough time to leave. Every time I, I'm looking at my notes here, and I'm like, this episode just keeps building and building and building all the way to the very end. Cause like we've already talked about so much. The challenge was crazy. This is crazy. We see, uh, we get to Vatu where Chanel is not there and we see, you know, Daniel pretty much playing both sides. So he's talking to Mike and Jenny saying he's with them. Then he's talking to Lydia and hi and saying with that he's with them. And both those pairings are not together. And Daniel's in that sweet spot where he thinks he's in the sweet spot, but I think everybody's kind of like starting to figure him out. Mike doesn't really fully trust him. And, uh, high is a little skeptical. And, uh, 
And then, yeah, so I, I think that's more foreshadowing. Like in my mind at this point, because Daniel has been our winner pick the last uh, two episodes, I'm still thinking like, okay, as long as he can maneuver this and keep this information away from people, he's not doing too poorly. And uh, uh, we jump to Omar and Chanel going on their journey mm. and talking about helping each other. Well, and, and at the, the point and, where- oh, And the way they edited that was so good because it was Daniel being like, okay, like we're all good to vote Lydia out as long as I can get Chanel and she's on board. And then it cuts to her and you just know. Yeah, that's exactly right. Lose her vote. Yes. <laughs> the, the second, because they were talking about how crucial Chanel's vote was yeah. in this moment. Yes. And so obviously as a viewer, you're like, I hope she loses her vote. We cut to Omar yeah. and Chanel talking about, oh, go ahead, Ethan. No, no, you mentioned just editing. It just, I don't know if you noticed this. I, you know, I, having seen 42 seasons of the show, you always kind of notice the editing. I don't know if I saw a couple little creative edits from the CBS editing team, like the, the underwater, the splashing of the waves during the challenge, the slow the motion. Close-ups, the slow- yeah. I haven't seen that type of editing before the punches in the spin arounds. So like, you know, I'm looking at some of that stuff. So I saw that was something new. I noticed in this episode compared to a lot of the others, the way they were actually yeah. creatively editing this episode. Yeah. I, well, oh, well, what I've noticed about that is, those shots are very reminiscent of like the intro shots that they used to do that were slow motion. Mm-hmm. And so I think that because they don't do the intro anymore, they're just tucking those types of shots into regular mm-hmm. episodes. I yeah, do they, like that. Splashing over the idol and those, you know, that looked pretty neat. Yeah. I had actually in my notes here, the moment before Jeff called everyone out of the water, the slow motion struggle that everyone was having as it went from face to face of like water splashing up over them and them struggling to keep their head above water. And I, I also, I, I noted that as well. Um, I also noted, and this is going to get back to you, Tyson. uh Did you notice how Daniel was chopping the coconut? Yeah. Very poorly. Very poorly. Yeah. What people listening do not know is that if there was a show just about the ability to chop coconuts, hands down, Tyson would win. Tyson can chop a coconut like he has different types of He's got the resort cut, Mm -hmm. you know, which is a very fan. The one you would get at a resort where they put in the little straw and the umbrella. That's perfect. You can drink it right out of the top. He's got just cut right through the middle. He's got the angry chops. So like I am super impressed with Tyson's ability to chop coconuts. And Daniel, based on that alone, I don't see him going that far in the game. Yeah, none of it. I every t- honestly like thank you, Ethan, for bringing that up because I can talk about how great I am at chopping coconuts, but it really does a service to me and my ability when someone else steps in and and is a witness to that. Yeah. And uh, I also every time I see somebody chop a coconut on TV, I'm like these buffoons <laughs> what are they doing it's so easy i even will husk a whole co- coconut so yeah yes. you can make a coconut bowl for whatever there's so many options and daniel was doing none of them <laughs> uh but you know what put him on survivor four more times maybe he'll get there uh i want to go to omar and chanel talking about helping each other on this journey and immediately i know things are going wrong like they are like let's help each other let's make the decision that's going to help both of us I want to play it safe. I'm going to play it safe. I need my vote. And at that point, they go down. They're looking at their options. uh, And Omar, I think Omar, based on the conversation with Chanel, made the correct choice in risking his vote. 
Like he should have said, okay, Chanel recognizes she has to keep her vote. So she's going to keep her vote. Yeah, going into that, I thought they were both going to protect their vote. I really did. Because I enjoyed how they, I felt like they did bond, whatever, yes. I don't know. But they yeah. had an uh, intelligent conversation on what may, they may be facing based on previous conversations with the folks that came back before. Right. I don't know if I saw that in the in season 41. So the fact that they were discussing this was nice. And they came to the conclusion that they wanted to work together across tribal lines. Um, yeah. But I thought they were both going to protect their vote and play it safe. And then they did the yeah. complete opposite. They they did. They, they stated that they were both going to do what was best for both of them in right. their relationship and help each other. And I think Omar got the right read from Chanel, but Chanel waffled because uh, that really was like Chanel pretty much said, I have to be safe and keep my vote. And so like she, she goes in, she sees it. She thinks the conversation she had with Omar was so safe that he was going to protect his vote as well. And, uh, that's when you know that tribal is not going to be straightforward. The second that right. she also chooses to risk her vote, knowing now as the audience that she, they've both lost their vote is another just yeah. like chef's kiss of this episode. <laughs> like that's as a viewer, you're just like, this couldn't have worked out more perfect for us as viewers and more poorly for them as contestants on a game show fighting for a million dollars. And I think that with 42 seasons, people have been willing to take those risks. And they've seen former players say that you have to take the risks in order to win the game. And I think that's where that stems from. So now, uh, everybody. Do you think that's to, to make a risk to win the game? Because when you get to the final, you have a resume or you think it gives you more opportunities in that moment to get to the end of the game. I think it gives you, I think for my mindset and from what I'm seeing in that moment, it gives you more opportunities to win the game. It's not necessarily about building the resume. It's like any advantage could possibly help me. So why wouldn't I risk it to take it knowing that this might be my only shot to do it? Uh, which I think is not the incorrect mindset there. Uh, and we jump back to Vatu where uh, we see Daniel just playing both sides so hard, which I don't mind being the middleman. I don't mind being the swing vote. But if you are promising both sides, you're going to upset somebody after the vote. And I think that he's not properly managing his relationships in this moment. And it's going to come back to bite him. Uh, Especially get, Jeff asked him like, who calms you down? Like who makes you feel good out there? And he said, Mike, and he said, Chanel. And then, uh, hi is like, like, yeah. I'm your, I'm your alliance and I don't want to calm you down. He, and I think a light bulb went off in his head. You could see his brain shifting. He's like, Oh my God. Yeah. This is not going the way I thought it was. Yeah, I, I saw High's face there too. High's facial expressions throughout Tribal, we'll get <laughs> yeah. to in a second, were okay. beautiful. But Chanel comes back to the tribe and pretty much tells Daniel, like, I might not have a vote. We've got to scramble. And at that point, they start getting like, for, like Chanel especially starts getting forceful with how the vote should be. She changes kind of the plan. And uh, Riley, did you fully understand the numbers there? Well, so what they're trying to do is make this 2 one one vote, right? It, like if they yeah. get Lydia and Hyde to split their votes, then basically Danielle, Daniel 
and Jenny can be the only two votes on Lydia and they can get her out. But what's weird is, so they're like, okay, cool. We have to have them split the vote. And then it shows them, they go and they have this conversation and high is like, okay, let's split the vote. Let's put three on Mike and one on Jenny, which like doesn't make sense to me at all because at that point, high doesn't realize that Mike doesn't have a vote. And so that would be like, I don't know why you would even put, or sorry, he wants to put three on Jenny and one on Mike. Like, I don't know why you would put one on Mike. Basically, it's like, okay, well, if they pull an idol and they play it correctly, they're still going to have two votes on Lydia. She goes home. So the fact that you threw a vote on somebody doesn't really make sense. I guess he's just like, maybe chaos will happen and it'll be good to just have this one throwaway vote. But at that point, Chanel can just be like, sounds great. Uh, hi, you vote for Mike. We'll all vote for Jenny. And then you can still pull your two on one. But Chanel's like, no, it's got to be this guys on Jenny or guys on Mike and girls on Jenny. And we'll do this two, two split. And she's all like paranoid and frantic. And that's right. what clues high in. And yeah. it's like, you high had it right there. Alert. He already wanted to split the votes. Just go with it. Just make sure that it's either him or Lydia that's doing the throwaway vote and you're good. Yeah. Yeah. High is on exactly. high alert. High is on high alert. And I love it. I love it. And so it is confusing. And, uh, Chanel, honestly, she had a quote right here that I thought was her demise. I was convinced she was going home as she goes, I can direct the votes without even having one. And I'm like, that is not a great quote from you. I wrote that right here. I said, Chanel is getting a little cocky. Is that foreshadowing is what I said. Yes. Yeah. And normally that it would be, and who's to say that it will not come up again at some point. Uh, but we get into tribal, uh, and uh, high is on high alert. We see his facial facial expressions. We see uh, Daniel and Chanel whisper Lydia to each other, which it seems like high saw, and he's kind of like, "What's going on?" And also, what was up with that? Didn't they already have? Why didn't he get up and walk around? Plan? Live tribal guys, live tribal. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah, <laughs> I thought but, that was going to happen. I, I, I just thought didn't, I was gonna, yeah. Like, was I, I feel like there might have been something else going on with this vote out because I don't understand why Chanel needed to look at Daniel and be like, by the way, Lydia, it's like, wasn't that already the plan? plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe something uh, was said to like trigger yeah. that. Yeah, you do get paranoid, like Ethan will say, will tell you firsthand, no, even if there's a plan in place and even if you fully trust it and even if you've had a conversation like, we're going to get into some stuff in tribal. You may not like it, but the plan is the plan. At some point you're like, oh, maybe the plan isn't the plan. I got to check in. And that's, I think, where this happens so often. And that's one of the beauties of the design of the game is that you can have a plan, but Jeff is going to question you and you're going to have to block those questions by giving up some information or pretending to give up some information in a manner that might be upsetting to your alliance. Yes. Yeah, that's one of the difficult parts of Survivor. You know, you're playing the game yourself. You're playing against the other contestants. You're playing against the environment. You're also playing against Jeff Probst and Tribal Council and what he's going to ask you and how you reveal that information back to him and the people. And sometimes if if he doesn't get what he wants, he's going right back at you. And he's going to talk to you until he gets what he wants. And if you're clever enough, like Tyson, you can work your way around it. Um, but I think that's another, that's a whole nother element of the game that people don't realize. Yeah. It's, uh, and, uh, we see that we like, we see Jeff kind of picking at it and picking at it. And then we see high start like piecing things together and thinking, 
And at this point, like, I am also surprised that High doesn't, like, do some checking in. Because I, at this point, it seems obvious to us that High knows that the things aren't shaking up the way he thought they would. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We go to vote and we see that Chanel is finding out for the first time she lost her vote. And uh, it's just like, brings it all back to us as the viewer just being like, yes. <laughs> and then the votes are read two to two, Jenny versus Lydia. High's face, priceless here. He cannot figure out how, is there six or five people on the tribe? There's six people on the tribe. Yeah. How, how are there only four votes? His head is like right. swirling. And you have to keep in mind, Hyde didn't see season 41. He didn't understand right. that votes are just disappearing. And uh, to the point where he actually asked Jeff Probst, he's like, where are the other votes? Right. And Jeff's like, hold on a second. And uh, man, it, it was so good. It goes to a revote. Yep. And the revote is still one to one. And the people voting, Riley, are Daniel and High. Is that who's voting? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's just Daniel and High, but High but is not aware that it that Mike and uh Chanel are basically just going up there for appearances. Right. Exactly. And so Well he knew he's, does does High know that Mike he's not in on the Mike clue thing, is he? He's okay. not no, in on not, the Mike. It doesn't seem like it. No, yeah. he he was not in on that and he did not know that Chanel didn't have a vote. So this either. is where I think the game backfires in a little bit because now all of a sudden Mike and Chanel are exposed and that's due to these cockamamie rules and, uh, you know, elements of the game that Jeff is introducing. So in a normal game, like that probably wouldn't have been revealed because, um, so I just, but I don't also, know, they kind of screws their game a little bit. Yeah. But also they, they know that their vote is lost. They have to navigate that in a way that hopefully they can still mask their disadvantage, right. which I think is the goal when you're missing a vote is to like play in such a way that you're masking that. And they did not do a great job of masking it. And the worst <laughs> case scenario for them happened where the votes yeah. being read and then the revote and, uh, <laughs> they sent after the revote, like Daniel unwilling to budge high, unwilling to budge. Now they have to have a conversation about drawing rocks or choosing between Jenny and Lydia to go home. And it's basically a conversation between High and Daniel. And Daniel, again, getting himself in trouble here by continually blaming his vote and his gameplay on Chanel, who, guess what, Daniel? Chanel's sitting right there like she's hearing everything <laughs> you're saying. And she's not happy. No, not happy at all. I mean, I think this is going to come back and, you know, hurt so Daniel's hard. game. You know, like, yes. He's been flipping flopping the whole time. He was with Hi and Lydia, and then he was with Mike and Jenny and Chanel, and then at Tribal Council, he's back with Hi. And then, so, I mean, Hi did a really good job. Let's be honest, Hi did a really good job to hold his ground mm -hmm. um, and, and basically 
convinced Mike to vote off Jenny in front of Jenny. I mean, that must have been some hard conversations to have. I was a little confused because if Mike stayed, I mean, sorry, sorry. If Daniel stayed with Mike, Jenny and Chanel, he would have been in a higher numbers than with Lydia and hi. Yeah. Do you agree? It was, yes, no, I agree. But in this moment with drying rocks, I've drawn rocks before on Survivor. I'm you one have. of the few contestants that has drawn rocks to stay in the game. Okay. At final six on Blood versus Water, we drew rocks. And in that moment, it made sense for me to draw rocks based on the number, based on the fact that Redemption Island was in play. So I still mm. had like a back door. Uh, here, High absolutely made the right play by sticking to his guns no matter what at the cost of drawing rocks. Daniel was not courageous enough to do that, which A, looks bad on him to his current alliance there because now he, what, he's not real willing to go to rocks for them. That is bad. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to then say, hi, are we good if I do this? Lydia, you are we promise. good if we do this? They're both saying yes, but he yes. is now their number one target. <laughs> like, you promise, Lydia? You promise? Yes, yeah. I promise. Okay. You're not mad at me for almost voting you out, are you? Why no. would you be? Yeah, no, that's fine. We had great conversations. So yeah. played perfectly I mean, by everybody except Daniel. You, so you think Daniel should have gone to rocks, even though, let me play de- devil's advocate. Yeah. Okay. It's his, you know, this is the first tribal council that this tribe has been to. Mm-hmm. There are still a bunch of people left in the game. So it's there's six people here, but it's not final six. You're not like yeah. right there where you can taste final tribal council. This is way, way before that. Do you think there's logic to, I just got to avoid the rock draw now and I will have weeks to deal with the fallout, potentially, if I can remain in the game? I think that High and Daniel were playing a game of chicken who could get the closest to drying rocks without actually drying rocks. And High called Daniel's bluff and Daniel caved too easily and too quickly. And High could see it almost immediately. And the second that High decided to show that he was unwavering, Daniel was going to do what he wanted, what he, what high wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. And, and high kind of like retains that trust with his alliance. And Daniel, Daniel's trying to be like, okay, if I'm not going to draw rocks, I need to shift. So I'm still in the numbers. If I can have yeah. Lydia and high, I'm a, I'm in a three and a tribe of five. Right. But as you were kind of saying before, it's, I, I don't know how strong that three is going to be given that he voted against that. You know, he voted for Lydia yeah. twice. Both right. sides aren't trusting him at this point. Correct. He's the next one out if they go to tribal council. I think. Yeah. Yes. There's no way he's but when not. Did he say, so when they go to rock, there was going to be four rocks, correct? Four rocks. Yeah. Four rocks. Okay. They're going to be four rocks. So hi, Daniel, Chanel and Mike would have all drawn rocks and one of them mm-hmm. would have gone home. So it's Got a it. 50-50 that your alliance loses. The, actually, right. hi, his only alliance Same. at that point is Lydia. Yeah. So he's got a, uh, you know, a 75% chance of s- keeping his alliance whole while the others are going to have a 75% chance of losing if that matters, which it does a little bit, but this early in the game, like you stated, Riley, it's probably more important to remain in the game than take a risk, even if it means damage control. Cause on these seasons, especially right now, you're assuming that a tribe swap is happening at some point. Tyson, I have a question about the rocks that I've always wondered about. Yes. Do you, so there's one 
uh, white rock and the rest are black or whatever, one black rock yeah. and the rest are white. So have they ever drawn rock? Like I feel, and I could be wrong, that is it possible that the white rock would be a cooler temperature than the or the texture or temperature than the other rocks? And can you feel that in there? I believe that it was stated that the t- rocks were different texture, but I didn't notice it personally. Got it. And that might've been something now that they have remedied. What about uh, the temperature of the rock? Uh, I don't know that that matters because they're probably in a bag for a long time. Yeah, uh, they've right. probably got them, you know, on ice somewhere, pr- probably in a vault. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did Jeff's you take, personal did you, like, vault. When you reached in, did you like try and feel all the different rocks or is it just like you kind of grab one? No, I drew last. So that fate oh, chose for okay. me. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah, because yeah, then I don't have myself to blame. At that point, it was the only rock that I could have chosen. So I let the other three choose theirs and then me. And then at that yeah. point, it's like, I can't blame myself for like having two in my hand and dropping one and being like, ah, I knew I should have taken the one between my index and thumb rather than my pinky and palm. <laughs> I got to be still here beating myself up all these years, Riley, if that had been the case. Oof. Riley, these are things you got to think about when you're on the on Survivor, you know? See, this is why I wouldn't, I would be, I don't think I would have done what Daniel did, but I definitely would not have wanted to go on the rocks at all no, because I would I just, that either. would be going through my mind forever. Um, yeah. And you know, one of the things they could have done to avoid going to rocks, so they maybe they thought of it and they just couldn't do it. Uh, but if they had put, if they had convinced Hi and Lydia to put their votes on Mike instead of on Jenny, then on the revote, Jenny would have been able to vote and they would have gotten Lydia out. Yeah. There's definitely ways just, around yeah. it. But I think that Chanel was trying to keep her lost vote as secret as possible, which oh, she, they could have navigated her. Yeah. yeah it yeah. might have. Yeah. So I mean, I think Mike's Mike's playing a decent game. He's play, he has that old school mentality. I think when they asked about the revote, he's like, let's keep the strong people. Like, you know, we gotta win the challenges and, uh, you yeah. know, he's working hard around camp and <laughs> no, not that that's a bad thing. I just, I feel that, uh, he likes the Alliance and the predictability of things, you know, I think yeah. that's going to be his lane. Also, I know Jenny, we lost Jenny this episode. Oh, she was my pick to win. Was she really? One of them. I thought was she was it I well. thought she was up there too. Yeah. Was it cause she had some of the highest energy that the survivors ever seen? I don't know. We got to check her pulse too. That wasn't my <laughs> yeah. reason. <for> her. <laughs> she always seems like she wants to be somewhere else. That's uh, <laughs> when she uh, was climbing the ladder in the challenge. She was just oh, so just taking her yeah. time, getting up there. <laughs> yeah, so good. So I, uh, yeah, I, I think that's it. I mean, we uh, high, really strong. I liked, right. uh, you know, Daniel versus Chanel. Hopefully we see that come to some fruition because uh, Chanel is not happy. And uh, yeah, what else have we got? We've got next week on Survivor. We see that Jonathan's in trouble for something. Okay. We see that, that rocks. That's okay. Because if, if they're in trouble on next time, that means they're safe. So our, our yep, guy Jonathan's in good shape. We see Rox Roy in trouble, but he's been in trouble continually for being bossy, but I do think it will catch up with him at some point. And we see that Daniel is in trouble because uh, he's Daniel. He is. I mean, he is a fellow cancer survivor, so I definitely want to see him do well. You know, he's my uh, lymphomy. And uh, so 
I kind of want to root for him, but then again, yeah. he's not, he's not, uh, not showing the cancer survivors the, the greatest game. Yeah. Well, you know, they, maybe he'll come back time and time again, or maybe, you know, things change up for him. Uh, yeah. Riley, uh, what do we have for Riley McAtee's survivor superlatives this week? Yeah, let's jump into him. Okay. We will do the best move of the episode. Uh, Tyson, do you have a best move? I mean, I like high sticking to his guns at tribal in the, you know, chicken fight or whatever you call it. He definitely was unwavering and made it be known he would go to rocks, which whether or not he would have, we'll never know. Um, I mean, maybe we can ask him in the future. I also just loved watching Jonathan power through the challenge all by himself and carry adults in the ocean like they were babies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ethan, what's your best move? Yeah, I'm going to go, you know, I'm, I'm leaning towards the Jonathan challenge domination moment. I thought that was pretty impressive. Uh, you know, I might even watch it again tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think my best move is, yeah, the way that high kind of red Chanel at the beach and then later stuck uh, and was able to, to basically get um, Jenny out by sticking to and, and yeah, he's very intuitive. Buff. Yeah. I like yeah. that. It was good. All right. Well, opposite of that, what's the worst move of the episode? I think anything Daniel did. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. Daniel's no entire bigger. episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is some of the worst gameplay we've ever <laughs> seen this early in a season. Like just every single idol. time. Yeah. He admits he's like the most paranoid guy on the planet. He flip-flops at camp and back and a tribal council twice, yep. you know. Yeah. So like uh, you know, and then he makes the wrong decision. Survivor. Then he makes the wrong decision by him for himself by asking Hi and Lydia if they're cool, <laughs> yeah. if he goes with right. them, and they both give him the thumbs up like sharks in the water smelling right. the blood. And they're like, no, we're fine. Get in, get in. Yeah. We're good. Like uh, back yeah. in the day, we were like, okay, let's shake on it. Like for some reason, I'll, I'll, I'll swear on the life of my kids. That was like yeah. the ultimate like bond and you will never break that. And meanwhile, Danny's, Daniel's now like, can I trust you? They're like, yeah, of course. Promise, yeah, and he's like, Okay, great, <laughs> yeah, good, good, that's good, enough for I me. I've known you four days, I, I yeah. totally trust you, <laughs> Riley. What uh, do you have? That I mean, that'd definitely be my. I think I have an honorable or dishonorable mention for this one, which is the way that Omar and Chanel played the, the uh prisoner's dilemma, yeah, which is that they both tried to make the other feel so assured that they were going to play it safe, and if you do that. You give the other person every incentive to just risk their vote because they're like, oh, they're going to protect their vote. I have nothing to lose. And that's how they got into this scenario where they did where they both risked it. Well, the way you want to do it is you want to make it seem like you're kind of a risk taker or you want to straight up just say, I'm risking my vote, period. Like you could. I'm taking a risk. If there's a risk, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. So if you take it, you're going to lose your vote. I'm just telling you right now, no matter what, I'm taking it. Then they have no option but to protect. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I I like that too. Uh, Okay. What else we got? All right, next is favorite moment. I think we kind of already hit this one. It's it's Jonathan beasting the challenge, at least for oh, me. But yeah, if you guys unanimous. have anything else you want to, yeah. Although yeah. I would love to throw in the hat for Daniel. For my favorite moment is his like lack of ability to play Survivor in this episode. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, think that, that was just fun to watch. It was like, yeah. Just like a downward spiral <laughs> yes, from being like, the winner pick watch, two hey, episodes in a row. Kid. You got to watch yeah. this kid lose Survivor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't. Guys, as you go to casting for Survivor, like watch 42, episode three, and do not do anything that Daniel does on this episode. And you should be okay for at least a couple weeks. Uh, yeah. I, 
part of me hates to see people succeed in challenges so thoroughly mm. that aren't me because I consider myself uh, pretty apt at doing challenges. But Jonathan went so far above and beyond that, like, I have to give him like some credit, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, definitely. Who is your front runner to win now? We know we've been picking Daniel. It's not him. It's not Daniel. He's out. He'll never, no matter, no matter if he makes it all the way to the end, I don't think I can pick him as winner pick the rest of this season based solely on this episode. Right. I agree. One I of, mean, the, I, one I, of the worst episodes anyone's ever had. <laughs> as far as like their stock for like how we consider them a contender. This is, this yes. is a nosedive. Yeah. A huge, huge nosedive. Uh, I mean, I just want to give Jonathan a million dollars for how he just like held adults as babies in the ocean. Yeah. So cradling them. Cradling like, them. The reassuring them that they were going to be safe in, yes. wrapped I, in balls of his muscle. I think I saw him even just spit little pieces of food in their mouths too. At one point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God. He, he baby birded them. Uh, he yeah. totally did. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Ethan, do you have a front runner or do you say Jonathan? I mean, I'll, let, I'll put it out there. I had Zach and Jenny in my top, <laughs> mostly because Zach was part of, you know, the Jewish yeah. tribe. Um, yeah. And uh, Jenny, I just thought looked good. But I, you know, I don't know. I'm going to lean a little bit on Mike and Chanel. I don't know why I had them as kind of up there as well. I don't know if yeah. that's going to happen after time. I honestly think high. Like high, high showed that he's willing to stick to something and stick be rigid with it, which like you do have to be flexible and you have to navigate the game because the game is always shifting. But in these moments where you have to be absolutely rigid, he was unwavering, which is something you also need. That was impressive. Yeah. I I had high written down too, because I also think going forward, uh, Lydia is just going to be ride or die for him. Like like he, he was willing to go to rocks for her. Yeah, so, which is crazy. He was willing to go to rocks for her. In this era you know? of Survivor, if you can even just have one person who's rock solid, that's huge. So yeah. if he, you think if he said, okay, okay, I will vote off Lydia. Now he's number five of six. He's at the bottom of the list right there, yeah. right? So his mind is like, he understood well, that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yes, so, he, he did well. Ally. Yep. Okay. Uh, last superlative is who will be the next person voted out? It's never who they should think, who we think it's going to be. Like, we always they, get this wrong. We've we like always, never been right. <laughs> yeah. In 20 plus episodes, I don't <laughs> think we've ever gotten this right. Uh, hmm, Marianne. Wow. Yeah. I mean, my gut's saying Daniel, if they go back to tribal council, just because, you know, however, he's such a disaster, maybe they keep him because they know they could beat him. But I like your call, Tyson, Marianne. You know, she's got two clues now, I think, an idol and a clue or whatnot. And she's obviously very gregarious, which may rub people the wrong way. So I'm going to lean, I'm going to, I'm going to line with Tyson on this one. I'm just going to take a shot in the dark and say Romeo, who we, we like didn't even see this episode because he was on the Mm -hmm. Ica tribe that got cut. But, uh, Maybe I think we'll see that tribe next episode. And he was shown on next time on Survivor targeting Roxroy. And I wonder if it yeah, just backfires. Okay. But this is a complete, oh. I'm just, I'm no, just I love it. speculating. Well, I mean, educated guesses haven't been working for us. So I think right. speculation, we should just lean ran, into that Just more. complete random guesses might start working. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything else in closing that we missed, Riley? No, this was a great episode. My favorite of the season so far. And, and just, yeah. My favorite in a long time, like the tribal council, the way it played out, Daniel just going into a full spiral, uh, 
it ha- Jonathan beasting the challenge harder than anybody's ever beasted a tribe challenge. Uh, Ethan, final thoughts? I thought it was a fantastic jam-packed, high-intensity, confusing uh, episode. I, you know, like to see what happened like at Tribal Council when the, you know, all the revotes and the votes and that part of the negotiations I thought was very interesting and always fun to watch. Okay, perfect. Uh, Ethan, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure. I know our listeners and fans are going to love it. And Riley probably won't be able to sleep tonight from the excitement of meeting another Survivor legend. He meets me all the time and I think he's a little over it. Uh, <laughs> and you you are one of his top three uh, favorite contestants of all time, Ethan. Uh, uh, thank you, Riley. Yeah, great great to meet you, Ethan. Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on. Okay, that's it. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, We will talk to you all next week. See ya.